Hey guys, brand new podcast this week. Uh, let's go over some dates real quick before I start telling you about... Hold on. Oh, look who just stepped in. Here, ah. grab this microphone. Isn't that perfect timing? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Uh, real quick. Yes? Let's go over some dates real quick. Uh, I'm at the Ice House in Pasadena. Uh, next week. Hold on one second. Let me take this clear from the top. February 12th. Hold on one second. And February 14th is... Hold on one second. Hold on. Valentine's Day. Hold on. Stop it. That would be perfect. Just fucking do it. I was gonna. I was going to edit it so you didn't hear all the skips, but... What skips? Maybe you should turn that off. What skips? Nothing. There's skips? No. What does that mean? I was going to fucking edit it. I was going to edit it so it sounded nice and tight, but now it's just going to sound like whatever it sounds like, and this is it. Yeah, don't see now. This is getting convoluted. That's right, guys. The Ice House, the twelfth, and then the fourteenth is Valentine's Day. That's right, Valentine's Day. Uh, Is anyone getting Valentine's Day anxiety? I am. I always fuck up Valentine's Day. No, you do not. No, I do. And I'll tell you what. All these, your birthday, Christmas, our anniversary. What did I get you for your anniversary this year? (laughs) A hug. Yeah. (laughs) The problem is, is that. There is uh, gift anxiety, and all these guys that know how to get good gifts give good gifts. And then if you're a guy like me who just has a really great heart, you can't find a good gift. And that- I have a good idea. Okay. For a good gift. Yes. Everybody likes chocolate dip strawberries. Everyone does. Everyone does. And you can get them at Sherry's Berries. Sherry's Berries is fantastic. Berries.com. Me, can I tell you the beauty of this right now? What? Your wife doesn't listen to this podcast, everybody. That's probably true. So you're so you are gonna look like a gem coming out of nowhere, honey. Where did you? This is so unlike you. Where did you come up with this? I love chocolate covered strawberries with swirls and also dipped in M and M's. Yeah, it, they're they're absolutely fantastic. And uh, there, I think there's like a code that you can use that if you can get double, you can make it rain twice as big. Yeah, here's the deal. Uh, you can go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com, and you click on the microphone at the top, and the code is BC, like Bert Cast. For Bert BC. Cast. If you enter that code, you'll get uh, berries, Sherry's Berries at 40% off, which is nineteen ninety nine, and for 10 more dollars, you double the berries. We're talking about 30 bucks, making it rain berries, fresh berries. These are... High end fresh berries. They're not the. They're not going to taste bitter. They taste sweet, like candy. A good strawberry should taste like candy. Am I right? Yes, and you know why? Because why? they are picked at the peak of freshness. That's perfection. Yes, with indeed. dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white chocolate, white chocolate. They do be topped with chocolate chips or nuts or swirls. I mean, how do you go wrong with that? You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And here's the deal: is that just pick it up right now. Save yourself the money, thirty bucks. You know you're covered right now for th- for for Valentine's Day. Yeah, all you gotta for do thirty is bucks. You are covered. Go you got, to, just go to their website, go berries.com. To berries.com. Put in the code BC for Burtcast and get yourself. And then you know what? Do me a favor. Tweet me a picture of you with the berries with your wife for Valentine's Day. Aww. You know what you're getting for Valentine's Day now, right? Yeah, uh, maybe. Share berries. I'm using my own code. <laughs> <laughs> it takes all the stress away from it. Do you remember the time I got you... Uh, the t- <laughs> this is probably the worst Valentine's Day gift I ever got you was the big old box of chocolate. Yes, enormous box of chocolate. It's just so bad for you, all that chocolate. 
You know, but at least if you're eating a chocolate of strawberry, you're eating a strawberry. So it's not so bad. So I don't feel so bad about it. And the girls love them. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Them. And, you know, that's part of it is like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll get the girls Sherry's Berries, too. Aww. Oh, I guess I got to start getting the girls Valentine's Day gifts. Yeah, maybe is so. Is that creepy? No, my dad still sends me a Valentine's Day gift. And I always found it creepy. It's not creepy. A little creepy. I love it. I get a heart of chocolate every year from my maybe dad. Maybe I'll get them promise rings. Shut up. Now, and that's it- creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little creepy. And just be like, hey, give this back to me the day you decide to give your virginity. Just give it no, back. No, no, no. <laughs> Too much information. No, 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 no. dot com. What's that? Berries.com. Oh, berries.com. Click the um, microphone and type in B like Bert and C like cast. I'm going right now. Sherry's Berries. I'm ordering you Sherry's Berries. I'm ordering the girls Sherry's Berries. And we can all be healthy. I'll get I'll get half of them dark chocolate, so it's heart healthy for me. Yeah, and then you do it now, and you don't have to think about it again. Yeah, don't have to think about you it. Valentine's Day is right it. around the corner. Everybody, do it right it's now. Done. D- done. It's done. 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 Son. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, podcast uh, listeners, I would like to tell you about my stand updates. I don't know when they are because I can't find my fucking calendar, but you got it. Uh, Columbus Funny Bone on the seventeenth. I am doing a call and sick to work show on. St. Patty's Day, I'm doing a call and sick to work show in Columbus at the brand new Funny Bone. And then I'm on the Long Road Distillery in Grand Rapids, Michigan that next two days. The 18th and 19th for the Something Something Comedy Festival. Uh, Virginia Beach, Des Moines, Calgary, they're all coming up. Brea, D.C., uh, Helium, St. Louis, Schaumburg, whatever, Flappers, Burbank. Today's guest is someone I met through uh, another female that I had on the podcast. Why do I say female? Am I a sexist? Uh, I met her through Jen Sturger. We did uh, the Hollywood pool party. She is huge on Periscope. Uh, Not huge, but huge. But this turned out to be a really great podcast because she told me a lot of things I didn't know about her that she is about to share with you. And it gets a little deep and it gets a little little intense at times. Uh, We talk about some pretty hot button subjects that she has gone through in life and uh she is a stand-up comedian she is absolutely hilarious uh, if you don't follow on periscope do it now her periscope and twitter name is kate q funny her name ladies and gentlemen welcome to the podcast kate quigley this is hello 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 yeah they're pretty rad my buddy makes them, and so really? he's my camera guy, my DP for my. Makes them. Create, yeah, created them. That's crazy. Yeah, I have one. I mean, I use one for my talking that mic real quick. Hello, 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 hello. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's just like stand up. Just hold it like that, and perfect. We're great. Um, my buddy John Mans, uh, talking about mania. John Mans um, makes them, and then he. Uh, he gives them to me. So we, he's my DP. So and nice. so I have them all over the man cave. I use one for my GoPro. I use one for my for my uh, H6. I have one for my my vlog camera. And uh, you should have a, you should have a vlog. You should definitely have a vlog. I know. You know what? People always tell me that, and I used to I used to make videos and put them up every once in a while, and then I just got like, you know. Busy with the podcast and then periscoping and all this other stuff, and I just never. One of the very first early adapters of Periscope. I love Periscope. Um, it's weird. It it 
it kind of plays into a part of our personalities that I think all of us are embarrassed to have. Like, <laughs> like I'm embarrassed about I'm embarrassed to be 43 years old and periscoping, and my daughters don't even periscope. Like, you know, like yeah, it, totally. It's a weird like. It's weird. It's something that like like I I like. I tried to periscope like one time. I tried periscoping at the at a comedy club, and I was yeah. and someone. I just watched a woman my age go. Are you? What are you doing? <laughs> and you just like fuck nothing. I get embarrassed, and I tell him I'm FaceTiming with my dad or with my mom because I don't want him to know that I'm just talking. But here's the thing: it's like when I first started periscoping, I would never do it unless I was actually doing something funny or exciting. Like I would never just put it on and be like, "Hey guys, are you talking about Red Band right now?" Because huh? <laughs> Red Band periscopes himself driving, driving, and, and not even speaking. No, running on the treadmill and not even talking. I like those. Those are those are, um, you know. There is an indulgence to Periscope that I feel like I uh, God I made a good fucking shake. It looks good. Um, there's an indulgence to Periscope. Like I was following Sheiks for a while. Like Sheiks were like my favorite thing to follow. And, and Sheiks. Sheiks. Huh. Uh, I follow a number of Sheiks on my Periscope. I was wa- and I was just watching them drive through Dubai. It is really fascinating. Like, I didn't even know you could do this. Like, the other night, I was actually hanging out with Brian with Red Band, and we were watching, uh, like, the homepage of Periscope. We were flipping through to see what you could watch. And there's so much crazy stuff around, like, around the globe that you can watch. Like, it's, there was some guy, some African preacher guy who was, like, speaking in tongues. And- uh, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about Periscope for a second. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what Periscope is, uh, I can't imagine that you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what it is. <laughs> However, it is an app. Download it. It's connected to Twitter. It is a live streaming video app where you stream live and you talk to your phone. I don't know personally if it's meant for everyone to use as in like, I don't know if I want to see everyone's life. Right. However, watching people you're a fan of's lives is really fascinated. fascinating. Yeah. And f- using the app that way, like finding new people. Can I tell you what is the most popular thing on Periscope? What? The, here are the trends that I see the most of. <laughs> okay. Number one, doing drugs. People doing drugs on Periscope. Really? Is number one. I've never seen. I've never even seen that. You've never seen Joey Diaz on Periscope. Oh, smoking pot. I don't yeah. count that as doing drugs. Do I it, forgot. Doing dabs. Right. Smoking pot. Yeah. Uh, I don't see. There's no such thing as like a wine Periscope. Although that would be cool, but it's just because I think it takes too long for it to affect you. Yeah. But like, I I was obsessed with girls doing dabs for a while. Hilarious. If I was just type in hashtag dabs and find it and watch anyone doing dabs at any given moment. That's so funny. Sheiks are my favorite on Periscope. <laughs> what are they doing on there? Um, uh, b- Buying Arabian Stallions. <laughs> that would to- be pretty rad, actually. Yeah, in, in Brussels, buying Arabian Stallions. That's not what their hashtag said. I'm sorry. Something Brussels. <laughs> buying Arabian Stallions. I don't know stallions. how I use it. Uh, 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 where's my, did I bring my phone in here? I have mine, but I don't follow let any sheiks. Let here. me see if I can find... I'll give you my Periscope. What do I do with my phone? Uh, inside with did you leave it? You want to go get oh, it? It's plugged up. It's right here. Okay. Oh my God! See, something's going on with my Periscope right now. So, is this happening? We're talking about this. It's going on. Let's take a look at this. This is my Periscope. Right. These are the followers I just got. Okay. This morning, did you Periscope already? I did a Periscope this morning. Oh, I but see. It, but literally, I'm getting like five thousand Periscope followers a day. I think. Okay, I'm not getting five thousand. But how many are you up to now? I'm at. I'm at. 
I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you about these sheiks now that I've opened this up. I'm at and it's an I'm at forty thousand. Maybe that's what happened because I just think Periscope is kind of blowing up right now. Like the other night, I did a Periscope at a bar. My Periscopes tend to have like five hundred to a thousand people on them. The other night, I did one at a bar, and I just wrote, "I'm buzzed. I will delete this. Ask anything." And I had three thousand people in there. I never have that many people in three thousand people. You, I, I, you have the best titles of Periscope. It's always like hashtag bikinis. And well, even me, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing Kate in a bikini. Would she a sturger? Thanks. Um, I try. Yeah. I mean, you, you all, you know, you know what? Like people are going to watch. So, we, but I've been trying to get away from doing like so much in a bikini, just so it's not like everything. Well, you periscoped the other day after you at the Kate Q funny, right? Yeah. Um, you per- periscoped. Watch. Oh fuck! I wish I had my other dinkum. Um, <laughs> uh, you periscoped yourself over at the comedy store the other night. And I was like, I had just left the comedy store, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. When I was just yeah. hanging out there. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to do more of that. Well, that's the other thing, too, that I realized is that I used to only get on when I was doing something crazy or funny. Yeah. But people really like it when you just get on, and you're just yourself, and they see kind of like behind the, like what you really like. And I, did, really I did a Periscope this morning from the Man Cave where I just was like, uh, where I was like, hey, good morning. I was talking about The Martian, which I watched last yeah. night. And it had a lot of followers this one has 151 right now I but this will get to like 400 yeah, yeah share it with your followers i'm going to right now uh yeah we are podcasting i have a, guys i have a lot of po- now i'm talking to periscope like that's right. what i gotta stop that's is the like, thing yeah is uh i'm coming back to louisville guys this is what you do you end up reading their comments <laughs> and then responding to them. your podcast is just you responding to comments that no one else can see but you <laughs> tj miller's a really good podcast uh periscoper really he, yeah because he get he's I'll t- we'll talk about this in a second about uh, getting weird and like the idea of mania and but TJ will get weird as fuck on Periscope and it's fun to watch it's fun and he's not it's it's fearlessness ultimately I'm sharing it oh there all right Joaquin all right. Maya hey what's up who's that it's my gardener how you doing hey buddy how you doing what's that you're surviving good. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Make holes. That would be great. Thank you, Gabriel. Okay. This is taking forever. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Gabriel. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. That's Gabriel telling me that my uh, that my when it rained the other day, we yeah. realized that uh, the other gardener is blowing all the leaves under these trees, and so it's formed like a wall. He's doing it on purpose. Uh, no, he's just that's. Not, I'm gonna fucking get rid of this periscope. I'm not focused on. I can't focus on one thing. I know it's really hard. But it, it did have 52 percent retention. Look at that. Um, I uh, they were fascinated with what your gardener had to say. Jesus, like, what's going on out there? Uh, so the, uh, why am I talking about what my gardeners? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so anyway, yes, sheiks are fun to watch. Yeah. And then the biggest trend on Periscope I find is uh, you ready for this? Yeah. Religious life coaches. 
See, I'm not surprised because the other night when we were watching, all the people preaching had like the most, I mean, everybody else had like 12 viewers and the preachers had like 300 viewers, all the preachers. And they were just preaching. It was like watching the Bible channel on TV when they're trying to raise money, but doing it for free. It's fucking amazing. Crazy. That's what we should start. I should start a Periscope. Like I should start a Periscope show where I preach, but just preach my own mantra and then give it like a name. What you should do is you should, you should start a troll Periscope. Where you do, where you just are a character. Right. And you do faith-based. That would be so funny just to see what would happen. Like how big you could get your following to grow. It's super easy. Yeah. The Periscope I was going to do is I have the, um, I have the Twitter handle, handle, Twitter handle. Have you ever heard of the podcast Hardcore History? No. It's amazing. It's amazing. This guy, Dan Carlin, and he, uh. He is uh, a historian, I think. I don't know if he'd call himself that. He's a fan of history. And what he does is he does very long form, like four-hour podcasts on history. It's like on Genghis Khan. He'll do a six-part. Wow. Each one's like three hours. History of Gen- the story of Genghis Khan. And, he'll, and he, it's beautiful. It's, it is maybe one of the best podcasts around, if you're into history. Yeah. It's called Hardcore History. So I got the Twitter handle, handle Hardcore Future. And what I was going to do is a Hilarious. mock podcast about the future. Hilarious. Like I've been to the future and I'm telling you about the future. You have to do that. And then I thought, well, I have the Twitter handle Hardcore Future. Maybe I'll do periscopes where I go into the future. Like I'll, I'll, like a time-traveling periscope. You should. That's kind of like what Kirk Fox has done with that character, that uh, serial killer. Did you see him when he was first doing this? Do you follow Kirk Fox? Yeah, yeah. He's fucking hilarious. He's still doing like the serial killer hunt, so he would always pretend like he was looking for a serial killer. He did, per- like I think, the- had to be like 100 periscopes he did where he was tracking a killer. But he really? was never really tracking a killer. Yeah, it was really funny. Oh, that's... F- see, yeah. I think you could... I think if you got it... Do you have any other fake Twitter handles? Uh, I, I have a few, but they're not, nothing like that. I have one called Blonde Babble where I would just post dumb shit. Blonde, I would hear Blonde say. Yeah. Mostly myself. You <laughs> should take one of those. Yeah. And do it and do a faith-based, just re- like Christian yourself up. Yeah. Feather your hair or whatever they do. Feather. And just, <laughs> and just talk about what you should do is, and, and I, th- I'm, I'm taking it to the next level. Yeah. Okay. I would then get audio of kids playing and i'd play that in the background and you just talk to your kids and do a character create a character it's the best thing it's really funny. to use this format for why am i saying this i should do something like this too but yeah like, but for you yeah i just saw a woman the other day that looked like you it was attractive she was a mom and her kid was in the back and he was going like fart fart oh he's making a farting noise and she was like colton colton come on honey <laughs> Anyway, I just want to say to all you Christians that have been chiming in. Oh, oh hi, my God. hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. I'll see you at church on Sunday. Colton, stop with the farting noise. Colton, <laughs> these kids. Now the, the She's like a about, Bible school teacher. She was a Bible school teacher and she was giving, she was just saying praise Jesus a bunch. No. And her kids in the back just being, just making farting noises. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for him to just drop an N-bomb and her be like, Colton. 
That's hilarious. Like, that would be really funny to do. The funny do a thing, character. the funny thing is that I have a lot. This is so weird, but like I have a lot of Christian followers, not on Periscope, on all my social media. Just because where I grew up in Ohio, grow up? I grew up in small town Ohio, Canton, Ohio. Oh yeah, you know, I've been to Canton, and for whatever, I think it's because the guy I was married to, my ex husband, was the guy I was married to. You didn't know I was married? No, we didn't talk about. Oh yeah, we talked about this when you came over to do the Hollywood pool party. I think, but not in depth yeah i was married for 10 years how old are you i'm 33 i was married from 19 to 31 i thought you were in your 20s thank you what botox uh, so wait so uh so you were married that's right maybe you did tell me that yeah i was married for 10 years that's why like it's so easy for me to have material for stand-up because everything is new for me like the last like three years two and a half three years of my life has been like being a teenager that just moved out of the house so you did you, you didn't you didn't have kids no. Just married 10 years, just married? Yeah. That's in small town Ohio? No, 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 no. We got married in Ohio when I was 19. We literally moved the next day to Chicago. I went to school in Chicago. I went to college while I was married. He was six years older, so he had already like done college. Really? It was awful. Like from the first minute I went to college, I want. I knew it was a mistake. Like I wanted to cheat. I mean, of course, because I, I went from small town Ohio where there's like no guys to Chicago where there's like a million hot guys. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, what did I why did I do Holy this? Shit. Yeah. And then we moved here together, kind of together. I came out here before him, like six months before him to like test the waters and see how I liked L.A. And uh, and it was kind of in my head like a trial separation. I was like, I'm going to see how I do without him for six months in L.A. And I was so happy out here, and I loved it. And then we didn't last long after that. He came out here. Yeah? And then what did he do? He was a musician, so he, he toured a lot. So our relationship was super weird, too. Wait, did you tell me, was he in a band that I knew? He was, no, he wasn't in a band that you probably knew. He was more like a singer-songwriter, but he sold a lot of songs to TV shows. So he has a lot of songs out there that like okay. no one would know were his. But, uh, but it was weird because he would travel so much, so our relationship would be like, Apart full time for three months, then he'd come home and we'd be together like twenty four seven, and it was just so like hard to get used to him coming back and leaving, coming back and leaving. So it Do was you still a, talk to him every once in a while. Like we're we're where's he live? He lives in New York City. Really? But now he's like a fashion designer. He owns like a fashion lot. Like he got into fashion and photography and and he was from a small town in Ohio too. Yeah, same town. Well, he actually grew up in West Virginia, and then we met in Ohio. So that's so interesting that a guy like that can live in a small town and then grow out of it and move to L.A. and New York and do something creative. Yeah, well, both of us were like that from, I mean, when I was really young. Like, I can remember being six years old and telling my mom, like, I want to move to L.A. Like, I want to – I used to watch – um like you can't do that on television on Nickelodeon all that yeah. and and I was like I want to be on those shows like I knew when I was like that young yeah and I think he did too do you like my gardener now? he's great he's he he, I he has no concept of what I want happening. you to go out and shake his hand he has the softest handshake in the world are you serious it's like it is unnerving how soft his handshake <laughs> is by the way the fucking I've said this on Twitter but the, a leaf blower <laughs> is like a it it's just it's pointless it's the weirdest looking thing too it looks like he's wearing a jetpack like he's well, about to take all the fucking work his wife is now mowing our lawn <laughs> picking up oranges that's his wife out front yeah oh she's cute what well she's pretty cute for him oh yeah <laughs> like, 
I was like, she is not cute. She's cute for she that guy. She looks like Steve Trevino. <laughs> no. no she, she looks good for him. He's not the he's not best, the best looking, looking dude. Yeah. He, uh... Yeah, he's he's a little exhausting. He's not the best yard guy, but he's older and he's worked on this house forever. You want to? You want to? So can can I tell you something that? Please. I don't know why I'm I'm the worst fucking interviewer. Like no, I don't you're know great. I'd listen to my podcast. Um, <laughs> I was just about to tell you about our remodel, but I'm like, why would I fucking talk? about Your that? listeners would be fascinated, though. No. It looks great. I'll tell you what what idea I really want to do with this house. So I was just telling you that Isla found the the plans for the house and yeah. was freaked out that she looked like she didn't have a bedroom yeah anymore. she has no bedroom <laughs> that's the way we're gonna go about telling her she we kicked her out of the family yeah there really is no bedroom on that house plan though yeah. to be fair to her like when i looked at it i was like there's no fucking bedroom like where is she gonna live we're cutting her room in half and making a kitchen out of it but i found out this uh, this uh, this lot is zoned for multi-family use so leanne and i were thinking I literally came up with this last night. She was like, all right, how can we get the money to do that? Cut it off right at the man cave. Okay. A wall. Yeah. From the chicken coop all the way over here. So all you have in this back is the chicken coop and the man cave, that tree, and then open up this back fence uh-huh. so that you there's an entrance from the from the alley, and then build a two two-story houses, apartments in front of it, and then keep this as my office for the rest in of my life. In front of that fence? No, no, like put a fence right there, right oh. there, where the man cave yeah. ends, like on that wall. Yeah. Put a big fence, and then in, over on that side, have two, two, uh, one, but two. And rent them out. Yeah, and rent them out. And, yeah. And then turn this into an income property with my office in the back. I think if you do that, you should definitely put cameras in there, and then you should move in like Mormon families or like Mennonites. You have to do the thing where you are a faith based fucking. <laughs> I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's such a great. It would, you could do it with Sturger, and you are just two moms. Who oh have, my god! Who have who just <laughs> a bunch of kids? Yeah, and you and it just it, it's a great. It would probably be a really great uh, exercise in improv and in For character sure. development. Yeah, and in comedy, I bet you yeah. come up with a lot but of stuff. But then people would find my real comedy, yeah. and then they would like send me like you know my face burning in the mail because <laughs> my real comedy is so the opposite. Oh fuck them! Yeah, fuck them! Who gives a shit? That would be What's really about you funny. Being creative. That would be really funny. So wait, when did you decide you wanted to do stand up? Uh, well, I always wanted to. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to like watch Evening at the Improv and stuff. I started doing it. I started getting up at just open mics when I live in Chicago, and like, I was like twenty four, twenty three, yeah. twenty three, I think. And then, um, but I did improv before that, so I was doing improv in Chicago. Like, I wanted to do like I used to go to Second City all the time. I was like, oh, I want to do that. I started doing improv, and I just didn't love improv like I liked it but I don't I'm a control freak and I didn't like relying on other people I'm a control freak and I'm a scene stealer yeah yeah I I just like don't like I don't like the idea of if someone else does something I don't like then the whole thing could fall apart like I want to be in charge so that's why I started doing stand-up and then the minute I started doing stand-up I was like oh this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing like this feels right it's just the funnest thing how did the divorce come about I don't know, man. There's so many reasons. I never should have been with him. I So we were together 10 years. I never cheated. I still love him. He's like, I mean, we are such good friends. But um, 
I was the hugest flirt. I would purposely take jobs where I get paid to flirt with other people just because I wanted an excuse to flirt. So I would be, do anything where I would get paid. Like I would be like car show girl, Miller Lite girl, like a Jack. Must Andrew. be a powerful feeling to be attractive and to have the ability of like have a personality and be have the ability to flirt. Um, I guess I never really thought about it, but I always, I never thought of myself as like a, like a hot girl. I always thought of myself as like the girl that got hired for her personality. Cause I was always, what I'm not saying, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not an attractive girl, but I just, I wasn't a hot girl like growing up and I was never, I wasn't, I really wasn't. I don't Bullshit. think I, re- I swear to God, I swear to God. I don't think I really got cute until I moved to LA. I just was never like. Let me I, see some pictures. Do you have pictures on your phone of you in bef- like high like, school? Just give me like your. Yeah, me- I'll show you. Me- I'll, me- I'll show you. Photo. I'll show you. Oh, I don't have wedding photos on I here. I guess you wouldn't. If you that was like before <laughs> cell phones. I think I'll show you some old photos. But uh, so I always felt like the girl that was like hired because I was funny for things. Like even I always was the MC. Like I would work NASCAR. Now events. Does, it, does it feel the opposite now that you're in stand up and you're like? Well, now I feel like I, I've been put on stuff just because I'm the hot girl. Well, I'm hot for a comic. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's, that's how I feel. That's yeah. how I feel. So I feel like, yeah, I definitely, I'm, I mean, that's why I do so much of the bikini stuff and everything. A lot of people give me shit for doing that. A lot of people are like, oh, you shouldn't be in a bikini because you're supposed to be funny and people are going to forget that because you're doing like the sexy thing. But to me, I just feel like so few female comedians who are sexy because there are sexy female comics. They don't, a lot of them don't embrace it. And so, first of all, that's, it's asinine. Look at Sarah Silverman. She is sexy. I mean, I don't, I hate to say it like, like she's sexy. She's beautiful. And when she goes on stage, she wears short jean shorts with tights and, uh, and and she doesn't ugly it up. Exactly. I've seen her in sweatshirts and, Sweatpants doing stand up, and she's just as funny. She probably wears whatever that's whatever she feels like that night, and she doesn't care or whatever. I mean, like I think Eliza's gorgeous. I do too. And I I look at Eliza and what she wears. I mean, Eliza. I want to say she did. I did her podcast. She was wearing. She was slumming it. Yeah, and she was gorgeous. And I was like, okay, but I don't. And by the way, and and there are very unattractive female comedians, and I won't name them, but. I you know I don't I don't know I think funny is funny it doesn't matter what you fucking look I like. I completely agree funny, with that. You're funny. Yeah, now there is. A, what are you looking for a photo that yes. you're ugly? I'm not ugly even in this photo. I'm just I, I'm saying like this How is the you? oldest one I can find. This is I want to say this is probably I was probably like 22. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I was not like a hot girl. I was like with? just a cute my mom. It's oh. my mom. Here, take a look, guys. So that's like the oldest one I can find, but the, I got uglier if you go back further. You got uglier? Yeah, I can't. I don't have anything older than that. Do you I'm feel like... That's a Facebook photos. Is this... Were you a Bud Light girl in this photo? I was a Miller Light girl Miller for Light like girl? years. I see what you're saying. I, and wow, you really were a Miller Light girl for years. Take a look at I that. I was. <laughs> so like, like, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You There is a part of you... My wife was cute growing up. Yeah. Uh, I think she has gotten Hotter. exponentially more attractive the older she's gotten. Her face is hollowed out. Like she, like she's. She probably like lost some of the like quote baby fat, whatever. Yeah. But also, this is the thing: LA does it to you, whether you want it to or not. Like I, what I mean, I've tried personality wise to hang on to as much of my like Midwestern personality as I can. 
But when I first came out here, I started doing the Miller Lite girl thing here. I was doing it in Chicago. In Chicago, Miller Lite girls, whatever, they're cute. Like, it's, they're just average girls. Out like, here, the they're fucking dimes. Yeah, out here, I would go to work and my boss would be like, hey, are you going to go put on more makeup or what? Like, they're like serious. Like, I watched girls get fired. There was a girl, this girl was so stunning. She was so beautiful to me, who showed up one day at work and the client pulled my boss aside and was like, um, she's not exactly Miller Lite girl material. And they fired her that Shut day. They sent her home. Fuck up. Yes. Like they told her his exact words. He said the outfit was wearing her, which it wasn't. She looked amazing. By the way, I've, the I, outfit was wearing her. I, my wife said that to me. Uh, no. The shirt's wearing you. And I was like, what the fuck's that mean? <laughs> change that means change that's so funny yeah i you know i i don't know i i know what you're saying i guess theoretically you're you have you have that like little sister look where it's like she's cute as a button but you never felt like you were the fucking hottest girl i never was i'm still not i'm just uh, thank you but agree just, to disagree well for i mean because i think there's probably i can tell you right now there are uh if, if I'm if I can ever catch up with posting these fucking videos to these podcasts, <laughs> but there will be fucking seventy five thousand people that would disagree. Well, thank you. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I also am in like better. I started playing more sports when I moved out here, so I'm in better shape. I mean, it's just it's just you're in pretty amazing shape. Like I I noticed the definition in your shoulders. Thanks. Like well, you've got thanks. you got ripped like yoked arms. Which it's is, tennis. Is you play tennis? I play tennis almost every day. Really? Yeah. Are you good? I mean, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm not be, amazing. I used to be really good. You were? Not not like Kirk Fox good. Yeah. It's interesting that we've in like unintentionally brought up Kirk Fox yes. twice. You're I welcome, him on Kirk. The fucking podcast. <laughs> One, he made me laugh so hard at Aspen probably like probably eight years ago, I guess. Oh, well, must have been. He's so funny. He was like, uh, started dating a girl. Uh, first date, she's like, let's go uh, kayaking. Have you heard this joke? No. He's like, uh, first date, she's like, uh, let's go kayaking. He's like, okay. Next date, she's like, you want to go biking? He was like, all right. <laughs> Next day, she's like, how about we go for a hike? He's like, uh, do you just want to tell me of herpes? <laughs> I fucked his joke up. I'm sorry, Kirk. But That's I laughed hilarious. so fucking hard. That's so funny. Yeah, I I, uh, I love Kirk. He's a great guy. Yeah, he hilarious. is. Um, so... So when did you when did you start taking comedy seriously? Seriously, in LA? so when I moved to LA in '06, I actually took. This is so funny. Do you know Jody Miller? She's a regular at the yeah. comedy store. You know. Her. Hold she, on. Yeah. I, she was on America's Got Talent, and uh, I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. She, I'm pulling up. So she. Um, she is now one of my closest friends. But when I first moved to LA, the first year I was here, she taught, she still teaches stand up comedy at Acme. And I took her class. Really? So, yeah, I took her class, which is like kind of how I really developed like my first set. Cause before that, I would get up at open mics, but Jody just helps you like kind of take the shit that you're talking about and craft it into more like jokes. Like I didn't really know how to write jokes. Um, so I took her class. I started doing stand up. I did it kind of as a hobby. You know how people start out? Like I would get up like maybe once or twice a week for the first like two years. And then what happened is I started getting hired to MC events. So you saw how I was like a Miller Lite girl. Yeah. I spent three years traveling and all I did was MC events for Sports Illustrated, Miller Lite, NASCAR. So I would do trivia or I would interview athletes or whatever. And I wasn't doing any comedy, but I felt like I learned how to be on stage 
So when I came back to LA, I was gone for three years. I lived in my car, pretty much lived in my car for three years. When I got back to LA, I started doing stand up again. It was, I was, then I was also like divorced and it was just night and day difference because I wasn't like filtering what I was saying because my ex didn't really like me doing stand up. I was always filtering. And then also like, I just got used to being on stage and I got used to being on stage pretty much naked. So then to go on stage like in clothes and be myself and just be funny it just felt like a relief almost. It's almost like uh, it's almost like and I only say this because you uh, were hitting baseballs the other day. I was watching on Periscope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like warming up with a with a heavy bat. Yeah. And you're like, I'm used to doing this half naked. Exactly. And very vulnerable and people aren't listening and staring at my body. Right. Now I get to do this with clothes on and people yeah. are going to start listening. Yeah. And I can fucking crap. I can say whatever the fuck I whatever want. Whatever I want. It's yeah. got to be a freeing feeling. It was amazing. It was amazing. So that that's when I like started taking it a lot more seriously. Like it was about three and a half, four years ago. I started getting up like seven nights a week, a couple times a night. Now I don't get up seven nights a week. Now I get up maybe like five or six. Still that's, a lot. Well, that's a lot. I'm yeah. considering I get up. I mean, like last week, well, these last two weeks were an anomaly, but... I yeah, mean, you've been up a lot around here. Lately. Yeah, I've been getting... I'm, well, um, I'm, I, I was not inspired with stand-up, and I, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know. There's a number of reasons that you can lose interest, and it, and I think, I think for me, I just wasn't... I wasn't growing. Yeah. I, I was becoming, I don't know, there's, there's, I mean, I, to, to, to try to like wax poetically about it, I think can fuck you up almost because it's going to sound, it would sound arrogant or whatever, but like to even say this, but like when you get a little bit of fame doing stand up, and I'm, I don't know, not that I'm famous at all, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But like I definitely have a very small, loyal fan base. Um, you get to this place where you become a little hacky in that you are, try to predict what they want yeah. as opposed to do what you want. For instance, the machine story. The machine story is the be- greatest blessing I've ever had. However, it is a little bit of a burden to have to tell that every night. And it makes me not want to do stand-up. Mm. And that sounds silly to say. And here's the other part of the side of that coin is that if you come to my shows... And you want to hear the machine story? I want to tell it. Yeah. Like, I want you to hear, I want you to get what you want out of me. Sure. I want to be the guy, I want to be everything you want me to be. But I also have these wants for my own thing. Like, I, like, and you're I, growing up and like, I don't, I don't want people to go, man, Bert, the, Bert has one good story. It's the machine. I want them to be like, oh, the story about basketball camp, the story about Rachel Ray, the story about fighting a bear, the machine story. Like, yeah. I want to, I want everyone to feel like I'm a well rounded comic. What happens a lot is you go to clubs and people are like, the machine. And you're like, okay, I'll, and almost like, you're like, I'll definitely tell it. And then they're like, yes. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I know why they came out. And there's 80% of the crowd, I'm going to say 80% of the crowd only because I, I'm going to overstep. 80% of the crowd's never heard it. Yeah. So 80% of the crowd's getting to hear a really great story for the first time. So it's like, you're just tired of telling it. I'm tired of telling it. And I think that it made me look at stand up as like, and then all of a sudden I was like, right, if I work in the city, I don't have to tell it at all. Right. And there's no expectation that I'll tell it. Yeah. Although Richie over at uh, Flappers, Flappers the other night was like, hey, are you, you going to tell the machine tonight? And I was like, I was like, fuck. And but I forgot to. I told him I forgot to. But, uh, I think you're okay. I'm, I'm fine. Flappers. But like, I, I, did, I did the um, the Yoohoo room at Flappers and I had a fucking blast. Right. 
I had a really great time, and I was like, I was actually thinking about stopping by there tonight, yeah, and going to the YooHoo room, see if I could get on. I love the YooHoo room. I love that. I know it's great. I love that small. Yeah, it's kind of like the belly room. It's even smaller. I think that only seats like like maybe the belly room. I I did the belly room the other night. So fun! I did it last night. It was fun. Oh, a red band show. Red bands, yeah. Yeah. Um. He called me. I guess uh, Bill had to do something. Yeah. A few people last minute canceled. Bill, Sam, uh, somebody else. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was Um, good. It was still a good show. I was drunk with my daughters. Oh, you were hilarious. We were were at uh, Benihana. Oh, it so was the first day back to school. Georgia was having anxiety about her first day back to school. And so we went to celebrate at Benihana and we that had a good. really great meal. Sounds really good. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of understand that because I feel kind of that way sometimes with like the bikini stuff. Like I have done so much of the funny. The bikini shit I do, I do think is hilarious. Like I like doing the stuff where I go places in the bikini where nobody knows, like where I shouldn't be in a bikini. Like I got my driver's license taken in a bikini and like I went to a funeral I mean, I, I didn't go to a funeral. I went to, <laughs> it wasn't a funeral, sorry, a cemetery in a bikini. Um, went to a funeral in a bikini. I went to a funeral. No, I, there was no funeral. I just make just, that clear. Now you just raised the bar. <laughs> yeah, now I have to go to a funeral. I went to the Scientology church in a bikini. But like the thing is now when I don't do it, people complain. If I do do it, do do it. You, well, I complain. guess I'm talking to myself when I say this, but you have to ignore what everyone says and just do what you want to do. I know. Yeah, you have to, and that's the thing. It's like, but uh, but you do, but then also it's like, you know, you have this certain number of followers that are there for that, and then you have this certain number of followers that are there for the machine. You know what I mean? So it's like hard. It, it is a well, hard you balance. Wanna, you, I, I think it's a balance of like, I think it's a balance and it's not a balance. It's like, listen, if you showed up because you like the machine story, then I promise you like other shit too. That's true. I mean, look at, it's, you look at a band like, you know, U2 or some band that's like, that completely changes their sound at some point because they're just tired of doing the same shit all the time. So. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, look at the Beastie Boys. The Did Beastie they change their sound? Uh, the Beastie Boys, when you go, okay. <laughs> I love that your gardener has no concept. Like, you're sitting here holding a microphone with a camera on you, and, and he's like, this say, is a good time to interject. Um, if you look at uh, the Beastie Boys' first album is very hip-hoppy. Yeah. Um, then their next album, I think, was Paul's Boutique, and it was a little more experimental. And it was mm. still hip hop, but it was still like, but it was like, like really kind of experimental. And then they just continued to do that with everything they did. It was like, you'd get it and you'd be like, I don't get this. Yeah. I, I, let me rephrase that. No, I'm the one that said that. I said that out loud. Every time a Beastie Boys album came out, I'd be like, I don't get this. But then it grows and then on a you. A month later, I'm like, it this is my you. favorite album yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the way good art is—is is where you're like, true. I don't see it, and then you're like, because if you see it, then you're like, ah, yeah. Oh, thank God, Will Ferrell's playing that guy again. Hey, and you know the other thing too—a good way to think of it—is like if you keep doing the same thing, you keep that same audience. But then if you change and you do something super different, maybe you find this new group. It would be like if I did the Christian thing on Periscope. Maybe you find this new group of followers that never would have been that into you i was just talking to my therapist about this today oh yeah i was just saying um you had therapy today I therapy at nine wow i, I do it on skype oh it's, really it's so easy huh yeah. i need that uh it's great i love it it's me basically just kind of clearing my head we were talking about mania yeah um we were talking about that a little bit me and you i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast but we didn't um i have these i have a little bit of a manic side where I I don't know how to say it, but I just like to get 
I mean, if I say get weird, then I think you'll think worse maybe than it is. But like, I get, I can get very weird. Like I can get like, like the the reason we were talking about is that it's showed up again randomly. It's just showed up, and I've been having manic evenings where the everyone goes to sleep, and I come out to the man cave, yeah, and I open a bottle of wine, and I get online, and I start looking for stuff, and then. And then inevitably I end up on music, on like real great music. And like one of the things I did is I recorded a podcast. That's why it says Opie on my hand. I was going to reach out to Opie from Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Because he's the only person I really know at XM. I recorded a podcast of me being Wolfman Jack. Not Wolfman Jack. You don't even know what Wolfman Jack is, do you? No. It's like an old... Wolfman Jack was the quintessential old school DJ. Like he'd play at night. He's like, oh, oh it's Wolfman Jack. Okay. Coming up next, it's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like playing music and, and hitting the post and old school DJing. One of the things I'd like to do when I get a little weird is listen to music. And it's it, it's... It, we're we're defining it as mania because it's a time where creatively my brain slows down and I can get I can appreciate little nuances in the music and it inspires me and I recreate scenes in my head and I write really clearly and I I write b- bigger form than I've ever written and I and I can create I build like it's it's mania where you just are tapped into that serotonin drip yeah and. I did like an hour and a half podcast of me listening to music and then commenting throughout the music, stopping the music in the middle of a song and explaining why great. things are important to certain people and what certain people are. And, and ta- I talked about Stanhope in it and like just I ran it for like an hour, but there's music. Music yeah. is the underscore of the entire thing. And in this time, I'd let the music play. I'm loud as fuck. I've got it cranked up. I've got four speakers in here that are dialed in independently to this to this thing so into the stereo so you can find an area that's just the chimes so like oh uh, so i'm I'm out of my fucking mind like if my my wife walked in she'd be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and i would have no i'd be like listen i i'm just getting weird like i'm just letting i'm being untethered but who cares that's so great who cares it's embarrassing that i can that i do this because if someone did see it they would uh, people think, I've used to do it in my hotel rooms. Don't you think every artist does weird shit like that? Yeah, but I don't know. I'm a little too vulnerable. I, I put myself out there too much, and I tell people too much about me. I do that too. But like, but like, I talk about like. So anyway, my therapist said, "Embrace your mania." Yeah, I agree. It's a pathway to creativity, and embrace it, and don't worry about it. And and you're not doing anything. It's, it doesn't sound like you're doing anything harmful or hurtful, tr- well, so who I, cares? I had a bottle of wine last night, and it's like, and last night I watched The Martian, but like, very honestly, uh, I, uh, this, and this is like one of the weird things, but like, I, I cried for like five minutes, but it's because I watched this video, this guy, I posted it on Twitter. I watched this video this guy told on the moth stories about losing his daughter. And it, and I, I mean, I, I dare anyone to watch it and not cry, but I watched it. And it's an interesting thing for a man to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to feel this. Yeah. And, and like, and I, and I don't know if I would have allowed myself the opportunity to feel it. Other than in these moments of of mania, and I was sobbing. But so funny is that I was sobbing, but I was also looking over my shoulder to make sure no one was looking at me. Huh, really? And so, yeah, and so I'm sobbing in here. I'm sobbing, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then I tweet it, and I was like, do not watch this unless you want to cry. 
But it's so good for you to have, like, it's so good for your soul to have a cry like that every once in a while. It is. You know? It's very healthy. Yeah. You probably woke up today feeling amazing. Uh, Did you no, feel good? I, no, I felt hungover. <laughs> like, and that's the that's the other no. side of it is that is that I can. You look great. You don't look hungover. Oh, I, 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 I bounce back pretty good. You're drinking this super green. What do you got? Kale salad kale, kale in, a, in a jar. Kale mangoes, almond milk, pro and protein, and mean green. That's my shake. But like, I, I don't know. Like, and then I I, I embrace it. But like, I it, it can be destructive. I've I've had friends that have had parts of this personality that have ended up problems themselves yeah 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 and so yeah. you're just like i don't know so do you anyway, get depressed no, i mean i don't get, dep- so I mean, I get depressed no- i get depressed like you get depressed well, like sure. regular people yeah but not like uh, it's not like you're doing it out of depression it's not like you're in here drinking no because- i so- go through uh, uh, different parts of different friends of mine calls call it different things like my one group of friends call it firing hot they're like like the people I work with at Travel, my production company, calls it firing hot, and it'll be like just I come in and I'm all of a sudden it's like Bert's a little much right now. Like I'm I'm just firing hot and I'm and I I don't want to stop shooting and I'm like come on yeah and yeah yeah and I'm really creative and I'm really funny and I'm really fun yeah but then when the cameras are off I'm still really creative and yeah. really funny and they're like all right Bert let's like we I, I mean there's one notorious one that happened in Utah. Where it was like, I, it was, I mean, it was like David Koresh inspired. Like, I mean, I, I was on the next level of whatever the fuck it was. And everyone was looking at me with like eyes wide open. On? Yeah, it was insanity. I'm, I remember that distinctly. And it's so, I, the only reason I remember that is I, it didn't stop. We were on a houseboat. We had to take the houseboat in. We had to take then something to get to the airport. And we get to the airport, and it didn't stop until when I got home, and I got physically ill for two days. Like I was physically ill, like throwing up in bed. It's crazy. And I know. My I told my wife I was like, I don't think this is the depletion of serotonin. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I have certain people. Do you have certain people in your life? Like, I have certain friends that I know when I get around them, immediately, like, my creative juices start flowing, and yes. everything is just hilarious. And they aren't even comedians. Like, I have this one friend. She's actually a singer. She has nothing to do with comedy, but something about her, she just, like, everything I say when I'm with her is funny. There's something about her. So when I need to write, if I'm, like, having a writer's block or I need an idea to Periscope or something, I will literally just go have coffee with her, and by the time I leave, I'll have, like, 20 five new ideas it's crazy oh yeah it's crazy i have a few that's how sturger is for me too that's why i love doing stuff with jen because there's something about when me and jen it's because jen is such an amazing straight guy yeah i am so wacky and crazy and jen is so grounded and straight that when i'm around her it just makes me want to be even crazier like it makes my brain come up with more silly shit and the more jen seems totally like weirded out by me the more ideas i have i just love finding people like that when i find people like that i bring them into my life like as much as i can what now have you guys thought have you guys thought about going on tour at all or like doing a not really touring do you have any interest in doing the road yeah, I mean, I do I do feature right now, and I have some headliner, like, I just booked a bunch of headliner dates for House of Comedy and stuff, so I do, it's just, I don't like to be gone for long, because I did the road for so many years when I was emceeing, <laughs> what, <laughs> what just happened? No, just, I like that, <laughs> someone, uh, 
Bill Burr and I were saying, uh, God, fuck, I forgot what it was. It was (laughs) what you just said. I don't like to be gone for long. Yeah, and we were like, and uh, Bill and I were talking about someone. I wish that I knew who it was that we were talking about because then I would make sure I wasn't putting my foot in my mouth right now. <laughs> but Bill and I were like, he's like, yeah, you guys like, I don't want to, I don't like being gone from home. He's like, yeah, me either. You think I like the fucking road? <laughs> is that I mean, nobody like, wants. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You think I want to go to fucking Edmonton this weekend? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I spent three years it's doing that. winter in Edmonton. Exactly. I'm flying there to do stand up. It's not the funnest thing. If you take a friend, like if I was at a point where I could take whoever I wanted to open, <laughs> it's you know? still not fucking fun. Yeah. The good thing about it is that when you leave LA, you can get on stage for so long and like really work out new material and like really fine as opposed to LA where you're like up for 15 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever. But no, I mean, I don't really like, like I would much rather work on a TV show and then just leave for weekends that, you know, leave for like a Friday, Saturday and come back. But like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a grind for you. I mean, it's a lot. Well, because then for me, at least, uh, yeah, because then I usually will travel on Wednesday and then Mm -hmm. you just like kind of lose your whole week. But also because I really do want to I have like a few show ideas that I'm trying to sell. I think you could plug in very easily to any number of networks. I mean, very seamlessly, You, you know, that I think that there's a big space for someone like you. And I personally, I don't know. You can answer it if you want to. Just tell I me don't. on the podcast. <laughs> Who was it? Hi, I'm on a podcast. I don't even know. I don't know. Um, but it's yeah. Right now, my periscope's fucking blowing up. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah, uh, I think it's. I think it's robots. I think it's. I think that personally. But why are you getting that? Not me. I'm not getting robot followers at all. Really? No. Oh, maybe I'm getting. Maybe they're real. They're I don't real. Know. My numbers are still the same. So, um, but I think that. Uh, what was we're horrible, by the way. We like yeah. go. Off- <laughs> we're both phonetic. We really are. Totally. Yeah. Like we're both. Like I. I have no focus on anything these days. I don't need. And I, I think it's because my therapist says because I'm my therapist. I sound like a fucking 1980s comic. My therapist says. My therapist says. But I am. But it's. I really enjoy therapy. I have a good time doing it. I want to go to therapy. I'm going to start going to the Laugh Factory therapist because you know the Laugh Factory has a free therapist for comedians. Yeah, I saw that. Do you think it's bad? Why'd you make that face? I don't know. <laughs> You think if it's free, it can't. I just feel like it would be really good for me because I, I, I have really bad control issues and it's ruining my life. Really? Yeah, kind of. Like, what do you mean? Well, like, in relationally, like, okay, being a control freak for your career can be kind of good. You, are, you're, you have an interesting control freak thing. Like, you came in, you look absolutely gorgeous, you're like, well, if you're going to videotape this, I'm going to put on a hat. And I was like, you have beautiful hair. You're, Thanks. You looked gorgeous, and I was like... That's not oh. the control freak thing. That's just, like, that's, I guess, just vanity. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I told you, like, I don't think of myself... I don't... I really don't think of myself as, like... A hot girl. I just whatever. I don't know. I don't. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But um, but uh, no. My control issues are like in relationships. It's really bad. Like what? It's so fucking bad. Like so, because here's the thing. I can control everything in my life, like my diet, exercise, stand up, even stand up. Like even when you're having a bad set, there's some control there. You know what I mean? Like you're still in charge of the room. In relationships, I I hate it because you're vulnerable. You can't control someone else. Like, no matter how hard I try, because I'm pretty smart. And so, like, I will catch myself, like, trying to manipulate guys or, like, trying to control. Like, I, 
I just, I can't deal with like not being in control of when someone else like answers my text or when someone else like. Does it give you a panicked feeling? Yes. I get like crazy anxiety. So as soon as I'm dating someone that I start to feel anything more than just like, oh, this is cool, a cool thing, whatever. As yeah. soon as I start to feel anything, I push them away so bad. Really? Totally push them. Like I will do like, and I know that I do it, but I can't stop doing it. I think it's a combination of control freak and I have really bad abandonment issues. What, I do. What are your abandon? Where are your abandonment issues? Because my, I think because my dad left when I was really young. How old? I was in third grade. Where'd he go? I mean, he stayed around, but my parents split up. So I went from like, I was a total daddy's girl. And then when he left, I would see him maybe like once every few weeks. And there was a lot of times he'd say he was coming to things and not show up. Was he uh, like, did he have a drinking problem or drinking something? Drinking problem. Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Not a great... I mean, I feel bad saying that because he'll listen to this. He listens to everything I do. Really? Yeah, so I'll, t- I'll talk about him on a podcast, and then he'll call me and be like, so I heard what you said on... Like, oh, that-, that shit happens to me. Like, I'll say something, and then someone in my dad's office will listen to it and go, hey, did you hear Bert's... Uh, yeah. Bert's doing this. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Now, what, what did he... Did they leave... Did they split up? Was it mutual, or was it like... My mom kicked him out because he was like cheating and drinking and really? just like. Is he a good looking dude? He was at the time. Yeah. Not so much. How old was he when he left? Well, my parents were really young. My dad's uh, 58, 59. Your dad's 58? 59, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah my dad's, yeah, that, yeah, actually. So your dad was probably so, I don't know, 20. mid 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that. And then <clears throat> there was like a few father figures that would kind of come into my life and then leave like my next door neighbor. Like, I was really close to my next door neighbor, this guy. It was so weird. But, like, for whatever reason, he just liked kids. He wasn't like a pervert. I always tell this story and people think he's like he a creepy pervert. He just loved kids know, around his house. No, him and his wife had kids. And my you mom know who was- else liked kids? Michael Jackson. <laughs> I know. People always, when I tell this story, are like, he molested you, right? Like, I used to go hang out in his... He had, like, a shop when he would build shit. And I used to go hang out. I was like a tomboy. I liked to, like, help build stuff. And yeah. he'd, like, play catch with me and whatever. But then he moved. And then even my ex-husband because truthfully like when we split up there was a part of me that was like he's never gonna leave we're gonna have a separation i'm gonna date other people and realize that it's not as exciting as i think because that was my whole thing in my head is i was like the grass is so much greener i never got to date and then when i started dating other people my ex was like fuck this like i am out like you're not dating other people and we're staying married so he really left me so even though like it's the best thing and i know it was the right thing in in the end, it it I think it triggered like really bad abandonment issues. So I'm like, oh my god, everyone that oh, I think so will we, never leave leaves. So, so you, I can't uh, believe I'm telling this. So <laughs> no, no. By the way, thank you because <laughs> it's uh, it, I lo- I'm this honest, and I sometimes I feel like I do podcasts with people that, and I I don't I'm not going to say names, but I've done podcasts with people that aren't that honest, or yeah. you say something and then they go. Well, yeah, that has nothing to do with me. And you're like, no, that has everything to do with you. This is like, right. I'm not saying that I'm like Oprah or anything, but like, I definitely am curious about the real shit in someone's life. Sure. And, I, and I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you every secret about yeah, me. Yeah, I tell yeah. you, I tell people too much about me sometimes where I feel like I'm don't have any secrets. Like I look at Bill and I know, I know not, I'm not saying I know a lot of secrets about Bill, but I know Bill Burr very well. And yeah. I know him like, I know him and he, sometimes there's things I know about him that make him the thing, the guy I love that yeah. he doesn't share on stage. And I go, maybe I should stop sharing everything. <laughs> you know, like Tosh is the same way. I, I love Daniel yeah, Tosh. He's, I, think he's I one, love him too. He's one of the 
he's one of the sweetest guys in the world. I really do believe that. He's been very nice. He's been very uh, gen. Not, not even generous or nice. Those are wrong words because I don't get anything from him other than like a friendship or a real talk. Like, like I don't take me on. The, I, no, I would never want him to take me on the road. I would not work for him. Right. Uh, I mean, he's offered. He's offered before. Hey, do you want to do this weekend with me? And I was like, uh, not really. I mean, yeah. not. It's just not my thing. I don't. Yeah. You know. Um. But I find, like, he called me one time. And he was like, hey, I think you should be working at the Comedy Magic Club. Why don't you come down with me and I'll introduce you to the people. Yeah. And so, like, that that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is or so Or like, hey, amazing. what are you doing? Let's go find a room and play poker. Yeah, he's you know, that supportive. kind of stuff. Or, you know, I don't know how the – but Tosh will not share – he definitely won't share that side of him on stage. Yeah. And he, and he doesn't want to share any of them on stage. And I like that about him. I and But I'm, it tells the same way. Guys I fucking look up to admire. I share everything. I so do So thank too. you because now I feel like I'm not fucking broken because other no. people do it too. I like, I mean, even though like it's it's a little embarrassing to, to share like those kind of intimate details. Like you were talking like, oh, you were embarrassed about like the mania. But the thing is that there's somebody that is like so thankful that you're sharing it because they feel it too. You know oh. what I mean? And everybody's fucked up. Somehow, yeah. yeah. So wait, we all so, have something. So you you took like a separation with your husband because I did this with Leanne, where I was like, I don't want to put labels. You on You guys it. did? No, no, no. When we were dating, not in marriage. Oh, okay. Um, but I was like, I don't want to put labels on it. I was tough. I was like, man, you know, I was like, grass is greener on the other side. Dot, dot, dot. And then when Leanne said, "Well, then if you're not serious, fuck you. It's over." I went through. I remember feeling like. I feel like I felt like there was no gravity on the planet and I Ugh. could be sucked to space. It was so hard. I felt like someone died. And also because I got with him so young because this guy, I met him when I was a freshman in high school. I was really good friends with his little sister and we were friends all through high school. We got married when I was 19 and then he was in my life until I was 30, th- I mean 30 basically. So f- when he left and this guy was the guy like this is the thing about the relationship picture of him on your phone uh yeah i just want to see what he looks like this guy was the guy that like all my friends were like he no one will ever treat you better than this like he really treated me like a princess he was so in love with me put me on such a pedestal that i know when i was like we need to separate because i'm just not sure if this is right that it like crushed him like i know that it did so then i don't blame him like because it was a like after a few months like maybe like four months or so that i was like you know what dating sucks we should try to work this out like go to therapy or something and he was like no i already filed like it was done and it took me honestly it's been now three years it took me two years to even like to really stop regretting it and be like comfortable with what happened it took me two years i dated a lot of people and like hooked up and stuff just like i was drinking a lot i was doing anything to like mask thinking about it but now i'm so glad that we split up i'm like the happiest i've ever been i love being single like i i love my career like i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing so it all worked out in the end but it was like that period i know i identify with that period very very firmly because i remember I remember thinking, like, this is going to sound like a really crazy statement, but I'll say it out loud. Yeah. But this is, and by the way, this is the stuff I'm afraid to share because oh, I feel like it's like, because I, I have thoughts that are maybe I don't think everyone has. But like, I remember, um, I remember when Leanne broke up with me, and I think someone said something in passing, like, 
you know, she just needs to see other people for a while. And I remember like thinking thoughts like, can this is going to sound so fucking weird, but like going, can you just tell her to make sure she wears a condom with that guy? Because I don't want to, if she doesn't wear a condom, then I can't take this back. Yeah. And I, then I, I don't want to like, I don't like, I just fucking thinking crazy thoughts like that. Cause I was like, uh, but, and Liam would never That's have sex really with crazy. someone. And, and I, what's that? That's not crazy. But I remember being like, I don't, I, I wanted her back. I've never felt that control of like, I wanted her back more than I wanted anything ever in my life. Yeah. I remember saying, having conversations with God and being like, like I was running down outposts and I was like, God, if you just give this woman back to me, I won't ever think the grass is greener on the other side. I will respect this relationship. I won't cheat. I'm not that I cheated on everyone I ever dated, but I never cheated on her. But I was like, I won't cheat. I won't want to cheat. I will be happy. This is the one. I'll start a family and I'll be fucking good. I promise. I was on outpost and then I've always been able to have conversations in my head with, with, God, I think it's called praying. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and I'm not a religious person, but I have faith, and the, I yeah. have faith that we're not fucking here by accident. And you know, I agree. And I remember hearing God talk back to me and going, "It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine." And it took a couple of days, and then she came over, and we got back together. But I had this like real control thing. Ugh. I remember being in a spin class, and I had texted, and she didn't reply, and I was like. What's going on? What's going on? I get that. See, that anxiety that you felt? Yeah. I get that anxiety with like anybody now that comes into my life that I care about at all. It's really, oh my God, it's so bad. And it's getting worse. That's why I know I need to talk to someone because it's talk getting worse. Like, with the, I mean, like, I was talking to my friend the other day. There's a guy that I've been talking to for just a couple months and it's not even like a serious thing. But then we already started to have like some problems. And then there was like a day where he wouldn't talk to me. And I mean, I was like, nauseous like I thought I was gonna throw up just because this guy would I couldn't focus on work like it really affects like my career it's, like you you should definitely see someone because yeah, that you can get past that <laughs> yeah like oh my well my big thing is I'm very needy so like I'm very needy I need Leanne to do everything for me really oh I want her to, I need her approval f- in every I was trying to find a photo of them uh, the whole time okay that's great yeah he's yeah whatever he's fine yeah, he's cute Okay, well. It's cute. You're very needy. I don't and so my therapist was like, and I was finding that like I'd, I'd bring my problems to Leanne and she honestly was like, like it would be a problem that was really big in my head and she'd just be like, ugh. Like I see her roll her eyes and I go, what do you, what, don't roll your eyes at me. This is like real. She'd be like, okay. And you could see her like fucking just bite on the pillow and go, all right, just fucking get it over with. Whatever this problem is. I don't want to fucking deal with it. Bite on the belt. I shouldn't say pillow. Bite on the belt and be like, just fucking tell me the... And so my therapist is like, she's not a safe place to land, clearly. Like, if you've got a problem and you take it to her, you're not happy with the results. So yeah. stop bringing your problems to her. He's like, you know what? Time to self-soothe. Go to the man cave and fucking self-soothe. Yeah. And so I started self-soothing. And then I'm sure I talked about this somewhere, but I self-soothe I a lot. I... I, I'm just kidding. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I uh, I started self soothing in the man cave, and then w- the other day she like we're all hanging out. She came up. And she's like, "You look cute today," and I was like, she touched me, like held my hand, and I was like, "That's odd that this is happening," because usually I am by Gabriel. Uh, I initiate any yeah. type of physicality. I'm always the one grabbing her and telling her I love her, and she did it to me, and I went, "That's odd." 
I told my therapist, and he was like, maybe you haven't been bothering her so much. Aww. And I, I took it to Leanne. I go, hey, have I been like, and she's like, yeah, you haven't been a pain in the ass at all. Like, and normally I'm just a needy motherfucker. I just <laughs> need, like, I, I make her look at all my edits for my vlogs. I make her, uh, I when I wrote my book, she read every wrote, word I wrote. I, she had to read huh. all of it because I, I trust her and I, I look up, I look up to her creative yeah. instincts. And, uh, but yeah, I, I'm not in that same space that, that panic space. Yeah. Only because, but I get there, I get there with other things. Like I get there with like, like, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever talked shit about somebody behind their back and then realized they heard no, or or (laughs) thought they heard? Uh, Yeah. For sure, yeah. Like, I made a joke about someone one time. I'm going to try to make this as bland as possible. I saw a person uh, jogging, and then I didn't see them again. And I was with some friends, and we were, we were, and I made a joke about that person. Very, very hurtful joke. Everyone laughed. I actually liked the person I saw jogging. I don't know why I did it. I had to come to terms with why I did it. But I liked the person. I made a joke about them and everyone laughed. A very mean, cruel one. And everyone laughed at the, that. But I made the joke right by the bathrooms at this park we were at. And I, oh, shit. And I realized I hadn't seen that person. If they had been in the bathroom, they definitely would have heard it. Because I made the joke right at the fucking bathrooms. And I started panicking hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it's obsessive compulsiveness. I yeah. can't shut it off. Yeah. And I kept going, why would I make that joke? If they heard that joke, they'd assume I didn't like them, which is not the truth. The truth is I like them. The truth is they also have some things that it's easy to easy targets yeah, yeah, yeah. that maybe they don't even know about. Yeah. Did you ever find out? If they, they I don't think they heard because I've been I've seen them a bunch and they've never been I get their, the their same feelings thing. would have been very fucking hurt. I get the same thing. I get I get the same thing when it comes to like I have really bad guilt when I if I think I hurt someone's feelings, which is also the reason I think the abandonment issues are closely related to that because I can't stand bad endings with people. So like there's no one in my life that like hates me and won't talk to me because I refuse to let it happen. Like to the point where if someone doesn't like me, I have to figure out how to like make them be like cool with me. Like it used to make me in LA in comedy, I had to stop. Because it used to make me crazy. So I've gotten better in my career. Because it used to be like every open mic or every comic. Like people I started with that now maybe I'm getting a little more work than them. And there's not like those people. I used to kind of I would hear people say stuff about me and kind of talk shit. And instead of ignoring it or instead of being like, oh, that person's not really my friend. I would be like, why would they Why would they think that? I have to make them like me. Like I have to make them. Yep. And I would go out of my way to try to be friends with those people. And then finally it got to a point where I was like spending so much energy on that and not energy on myself and my career. So I finally, at least thank God when it comes to like comics and friends, like I just pay attention to who like my real friends are and I keep them in like real tight. But then ever, you know how it is in LA. There's so many like peripheral people that are kind of like there and their acquaintances, but you don't really know like if they're your friend or not. I've gotten better about letting those people go. I used to, I used to have to make everyone happy everywhere at all times. So I have some issues. I'm working through it. Oh, I, have, I have the same <laughs> issues. I, I used to allow, I used to allow liberties with people that were 
more successful than I was, or maybe uh, I'm trying to think of the politically correct way to say this so that I don't say I would allow liberties with people that I wouldn't allow real friends. Yeah, I know real, what you mean exactly. I'll I say used to do that. Tom too. Segura is my real friend. He we've been real friends for about eleven years, maybe. Um, maybe a little longer, maybe yeah. like 12 years. Um, legit friends. Like I talk to him. I can talk to him about how much money I make a year. Yeah. I can talk to him about offers that are on the table. I can talk to him about other people. I can talk to him about my wife. I can talk to him about my kids and I can talk to him about me. Yeah. And there's no bullshit. It's, it makes it somewhat difficult, I think, when we do a podcast because in a weird way, we're asking ourselves to shut down a lot of the open avenues and yeah. talk about something else. And so unless we're fucking trying to make each other giggle, it some like Right. But I have friends like that that I grew up with. Like my buddy Eddie. My buddy Eddie and my buddy Pete Whalen and my uh they they're two guys I'll just say name off the top of my heads that they w- they witnessed me in other relationships with people in this business and were just and called me out of integrity. Like said like you're out of integrity. You're not huh. – I don't know who you are right now. I understand that – like I remember Eddie saying, so is this what it takes to make it? Oh, yeah. And I was like – I remember him saying that because he's like – no, but mind you, l- listen. I love Eddie. I, I hope he hears this. I love Eddie. Eddie knows that he's fucking got some fucked up views on things. But it, but he's very astute when he's – I remember him saying, so let me – so so just out of curiosity, are we f- supposed to be friends – with people we'd never be friends with. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I'd never fucking talk to that guy in real life. But right. because he's successful, do we talk to him? Like, I think the guy's an asshole. And yeah. I think he's a fucking, he, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, but he's like, I thought, I think the guy's an asshole. I think he's fucking disrespectful. And in the real life, I'd break his fucking nose. <laughs> but, but you're holding me back or you're saying not to. You're saying, uh, don't worry about it. Because why? Because of some unwritten rule that some casting department liked him more than they liked some other guy and now that guy is like famous yeah and i remember being like fuck and then and then some shit went down with me where i want everyone to like me and it was easier for me to swallow my pride than to make the person change does that make sense yeah and so i fucking ended up swallowing my pride and then i ended up hating myself for it it's a fine line because you don't want to like you don't want to kiss the ass or be, quote, friends with someone you don't respect. But but also it's like if you work at a job where your boss is a dick, but you need that job, you kind of have to be polite enough to keep. So that I feel like there's just something to like because there are comics. I'll tell you something very common that's happened to me is comics that want to sleep with me. And then we're friends, we're friends or we work together or whatever, at least. And then when I don't want to fuck them. They start acting like dicks to me. Oh, yeah. It happens pretty often. And sometimes, like, what used to happen is I used to, those guys, especially if they're, like, higher up, I used to kiss their asses and still be nice and kind of flirt with them and try to kind of, like, you know, be cool so that they wouldn't hate me because I wouldn't. And then I finally got to a point where I was, like, I think it's because I just finally realized that I would work whether I was nice to them or not. Yeah. So then I just started being a bitch to those people. Not a bitch, but I mean like when they text me, I would not answer or I would answer really short. And when I'd see them, and I I even called, I mean, I called one person out on it, like a friend of mine who was starting to pull that shit. And I was like, hey, 
what's your deal? Like, because I don't want to fuck you. Are we not friends? Because if that's the case, don't text me anymore. Like I just straight up called him out. And ever since I started doing that, it's been awesome because the people that are douchebags have disappeared. And then the guys that realized, like there were a few guys that were like, you know what? You're right. I'm really sorry. Like they actually were like, I can't believe I'm being that guy and realized it. And it's not this exactly the same, but I mean, it, it does feel good when you stick up for yourself and you're it like, doesn't, it feels good. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like, am I overreacting? That's how I always felt like, like I could, yeah. cause it's so much easier. Like the friends I have in my life right now, want nothing from me other than to be able to bullshit with me yeah that's it just to be like what's up what are you doing hey how's how's um how's the road where you at what are you doing like where are you going next week yeah that's it they don't want anything or they don't no one oversteps their boundaries and like and like does like shitty things you know that like i don't know and my friends my, my buddy eddie i was just the one that it was like such a real astute observation and i think it, it we both we probably both have the same thing is that i do want everyone to like me i want everyone to like me i don't i get obsessed when i get like one negative comment because i go there's some how can that person not too. like me like i haven't done anything like I, this one guy fucking i still think of this comment all the time he's like something i forget what the thing was uh uh you you i retweeted some vegetarian vegetarian fucking dish and he's like first vegetarian vegan dishes second and i and i i've retweeted a vegan dish i think and then i said something about uh scientology on rogan's podcast that and i'll be dead honest with you sometimes it makes fucking sense like sometimes scientology is crazy sometimes it makes fucking sense like <laughs> there's pores of scientology and i'm talking about the crazy shit yeah. i'm not even talking about whatever their fucking program is the aliens that makes sense like because I, I believe i believe in, in fucking aliens, aliens. I, believe I believe in, in aliens. fucking aliens i believe in aliens too. if they sat me down they're like listen let me tell you all the crazy shit i'd probably side with a lot of that the stuff that doesn't <laughs> make sense to me is like the fundamentals of their religion of like you need to be a seaborg or what and the X amount of dollars. Yeah, that to, shit doesn't yeah, make sense to me. Yeah. But like the crazy shit. I believe in aliens too. I believe totally. in fucking aliens more yeah. than I believe in Moses. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know if Moses was real. I like, definitely believe in aliens more than like the Noah's Ark story and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so I just, I, anyway, so I just. funny. I definitely, like, and then some guy just tweeted something mean to me like, you are a tremendous piece of shit, Bert Kreischer. And I was like, I was like, first of all, I'm joking a little bit about the Scientology. Like, I'm joking mostly. I don't like if I believe in anything, it's going to be God. What the fuck? Why am I defending myself? Some guy that doesn't even. Yeah, I know. I, you know what? I will say, thank God, I don't anymore get upset about social media comments for the most part. Yeah. Although, you want to hear something really funny? Yeah. I. I always say this. I'm like one of those girls that like never knows when my period is coming. Like I have the weirdest period, but yeah. but I always know because there will be one or two days a month when my social media trolls will actually bother me and I'll tweet mean shit back at them and yeah. I never ever do it. So anytime I do it, like there will be a day where maybe I'll get angry and tweet back at like three or four people and be like, fuck these people. And then I always get my period like a day later. It Literally, you can tell my menstrual cycle if you follow me closely enough on Twitter. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's the only way that I know. So if I ever go like too long where I've tweeted a few like mean things and knock out my period that's when i know it's time to get a pregnancy test <laughs> that's great you're welcome everyone for the update on my 
what um, what do you have to do you have a certain time you got to get out of here i have to leave in about 10 minutes okay um well we'll wrap it up but i but i feel like there's been a really great conversation and i love that i love when you get that's so funny that i love when you have a podcast where you don't feel like it's work where you're yeah. just talking and there have been some people that i've said that you just like they're not open but i love fucking openness yeah, I me lo- too. And I love it on stage. I love watching people be open on stage. Yeah. I don't know. I do. No, me too. I always want, like, that's the thing I want in my comedy is to be, like, more and more and more vulnerable and, like, real, you know, and talk about, like, real You don't want it. Real I, I hate to say this, but, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't, I shouldn't say you don't want it. I'll say that I've done it. I've done it. And it, it, it vulnerabilities, like, like, legit vulnerability. I think there's some comics who go, yeah, man, I'm just... It's like me getting up there is like therapy. And you're like, man, not really. Because you're yeah. not really talking about anything. Like, you don't. I, like, you want to talk about, like, fucking therapy. Like, I talk, like, I talked about, like, stuff that I'm embarrassed to talk about out loud on stage. Yeah. That make people uncomfortable. Like, I talk about, I talked one time about uh, getting uh, getting the clap for my second girlfriend. And she slept with my best friend. And by the way, I'm talking about it on my podcast right now. But I've talked about it, and that when you go to places like that, I, that like that's what makes you respect guys like Chris Titus. But see, I love it when when you do that because like like I talk so much about my marriage and being married too young and the divorce and and the things that come with like learning everything in your 30s that you should have learned as a teenager, yeah. and I. Like the biggest joy that I get from performing, I mean, besides obviously like getting laughs is amazing, but after shows, there's always three or four girls in the audience that'll come up to me and be like, oh my God, I was in a relationship for 10 years. I'm going through the same thing. Like I'm so terrible. And like, I love that. Like, I love that people are like, oh, it feels so good to see someone else going through that. It's a good feeling when you share something and someone goes, yeah. Yeah, and and I also feel like that is what makes people remember you too because I've had people come up to me and be like, I saw you at the blah, blah, blah a year ago and I just, I remember you talking about how you were married so young or I remember you, like, I remember you talking about your dad being an alcoholic. Like, they remember things like that. Like, that's what makes them go you, home and think about you. Do you talk about your control issues with texting? I'm just starting to. Because that, that, I find that really fascinating. Yeah, I've just been starting to talk about that. I'd be interested in hearing that. Yeah. Because I think everyone, I think, everyone goes to an extent goes to a, a version of that yeah i'm trying to talk about that like the the crazy girl that i turned into because every girl by the way has been that crazy girl on some level yeah. like everyone has so i've been trying to talk about that more it's so not my wife my wife is a fuck is dead inside you're so lucky she just goes she <laughs> just looks so at lucky. things and she goes she goes uh, uh then fuck that and just Fuck it. And just shuts it off. Yeah. Like, she you know a- why? Because she knows that you're fucking so crazy. Because here's yeah. the thing. I realized the other day, like, there's a friend who I was hooking up with for a while who I knew was so in love with me. Like, if I was like, I'll marry you, he would have been like, okay, Red like, man. for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's Brian. Yeah. Um, but, like, I knew with that guy, I could do anything. Like, I didn't give a fuck. Like, I never texted him first. If I did text him and he didn't answer for some reason, I'm like, obviously he's busy. Like it never would cross my mind that there was any bad reason. So obviously like your wife probably just knows that you're so crazy about her that 
There's like nothing to worry about. With I've, you. I've told her, I've said to her, do you have any idea what it's like to have someone love you as much as I love you? Like you have no fucking clue. And she'd be like, uh, trust me, I fucking know. <laughs> like she, I think, I think, I, 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 I don't know. I would think it would be awesome to have someone like as infatuated with me as I am with her. Yeah. But I, well, I think she just looks at it like. It gets a little tiresome. If you like him back, but I have had also, I've had a guy, like I had a guy that was that infatuated with me that I dated for a minute and then I had to stop because he was, it was too much. It was like mixed tapes and love letters and like he'd pick up my laundry without me asking. Uh, Like it was just, it was too much. It was to the point where I was like, this is like almost like psychotic behavior. I've gotten more in love with her the longer we've been married. Like the longer we've been married, the more I go... Like, like I, I used to joke, but I don't even know if it's a joke, but I was like, oh, if she left me, I might kill her. <laughs> like, but I've, I've said it as a okay, joke. Eminem. I've said it as a joke on stage. Like, yeah. no, like definitely. Like if my wife, if, if I stand in front of a podium, I'm like, she went jogging. Like, it'd be like, oh, he fucking did it. Like there's no, cause, and now I, I've said it so much that if she does go missing, I'm going to go, listen, I know I've joked about yeah, killing this woman no. before, but I really didn't kill her. You're going to jail. <laughs> hilarious that's so, so funny. what so what like I, i'm a firm believer in putting out what in the universe what you want what is your let's do a one-year plan five-year plan 10-year plan oh 10 years god i never think that far i just started thinking five years 10 years you'll be my age uh i don't even i mean like i know um i almost don't want to say it out loud because nope. i feel like it jinxes it it and doesn't then- jinx it you put it in the universe i'll tell you why it doesn't jinx it say you said uh Say so you said, uh, I'm trying to think of a fucking, say you said, I want to be on uh, Ari Shafir's podcast. I said it was like a goal of this year. Yeah. And Ari listens to my podcast and Ari goes, oh, I'd love to have her on my podcast. You wouldn't be jinxing it. You'd be making that possibility. Say you said to yourself, all I'd right, like to be, right. I'd like to be a sitcom star and, and uh, fucking Rory Rose Garden's listening to this. And he's like, well, who is, I don't know, by the way, I just said, I think I said Ray Romano's manager's name. And he's like, what does she look like? Right. Um, all right. Well, I'll say in a year, I want to tape an hour okay. um, in the next year, which I think I have, I think that will happen. But um, in five years, there's this show. I don't want to say what it is. There's this show idea, though, that I've had. Well, now. don't pitch an idea. I'm not going like- to, but there's a show that I want to make and sell and and work on. It's not a sitcom, but I can't, I can't really say what it is, but it's like a very specific show. And it combines everything. It kind of combines every, all my favorite things in, into one, like all my favorite like hobbies and, and stand-up into one. And I would get to work with my friends. And it's like I'm working on the pitch right now. And that would be like my five-year goal would be to have that show on. Um, Ten-year? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I always wanted, here's the thing. I always wanted to work on a sitcom. That's what I always wanted. Like when I moved to LA, even when I was a kid, but now it's starting to change. Cause like the ideas I always have for shows are not sick. I think maybe my 10 year plan would be to have a production company where I could be like producing, um, different shows. Cause I have like, I have a show idea that I think would be amazing almost every other week. <laughs> Well, here's the beautiful thing about this business, the the way it's changing. Yeah, is that um, just just like you said, your five and ten year goals. Those were when we started. Those were our. Those 
our 10-year goals were your one-year goal. The idea of yeah, doing I know an hour special I know was insane. I mean, yeah. I remember Gary Goldman and I sitting at uh, at a at Coffee Bean saying, how do we get 10 minutes on Comedy Central? Yeah. Because you got to remember, right. that was the only provider of comedy. Yeah. If you did stand-up, if you wanted to do stand-up for real, you had to do it on Comedy Central and get on Premium Blend. How do we get on Premium Blend? How do we get a half hour on? How do we get, how do we, how do you feature on the road? These are all really attainable goals now because comedy's changed so much. And I believe it's moving in the spectrum of your five and 10 year goals are so achievable. Yeah. The show you said where I want to pitch and sell it I wouldn't sell it. I'd just make it. I mean, I'm like... That, you might have a point, actually. I was talking to... Was it Rogan? I can't remember who I was talking to. But don't, if it's Rogan, I can tell you exactly what he said. Because he believes, create your own content, own your own content. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it Me was Me and him have him. had this conversation a number of times where... I mean, both because of us everything said, is changing. So, what, what do we need? What do you? What do you need networks for? I mean, I I love my affiliation with Travel Channel. I yeah. want to be there for forty fucking years. Yeah, I want I want to be a reason that the network does well. At this moment, I think they're a reason that I'm doing well. Like, I think that they're taking a chance on me. Yeah. I would love to turn that paradigm around and be famous and doing a show there that they are happy and blessed to have me on the network. Yeah, I want to repay all the fucking kind things they've i mean i obviously i'm making them some money or i wouldn't be there but but i would love to be a someone who just my loyalty would be paid back in spades yeah however i will say this vlog i've been, i've never enjoyed anything more in my life than shooting editing and posting you're my right actually i should totally just make it it wouldn't be i, I mean, mean take a look at this this is a this is an hour and 21 minute interview that we did that i'll post on my youtube channel that that if you had said to me, if you had said to me when I started, when, if you had said to me when I was 30 years old, um, you should do your own talk show where you interview comics. I'd be like, Where, well, we need to get offices. Like These are the, the hurdles right. that, yeah. that, that used right. to. Totally I mean, right. How, what camera can we use? Where, where, what, what studio are we going to sell it to? What network will it be on? So true. No, it'll be on the internet. What are you talking about? Yeah. It'll be on the internet. So what I'm saying to you is like, do your show. Make your show and fucking and do it. You can do it for nothing. All you really need to make a TV show, really, honestly... I mean, if you, I don't know your pitch, but if you want to use natural light, just use natural light yeah. and try not to step in shadows. That's right. it. Get a, a lav mic. Yeah. Get, I wouldn't have a mic sound, a mic guy, a sound guy. I just have a, a couple lav mics run straight into the camera and you have your own fucking TV show. Yeah. You get two cameras, you have a two camera shoot. You can edit it yourself. I mean, the, the, the possibilities of making your five year goal a five month goal are are you're so right. Infinite. That's so true. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's what. And I'll tell you what. And I'm being dead serious. And I'm saying this to me as well as I'm saying it to you. That is the difference between me and you, and Rogan and Dane and all so these guys true. who have and all these guys who are making Zach Galifianakis. The re, you know what Zach did between two friends. Yeah, it's brilliant. But it's but brilliant. It's, but you know what? It's, it's just Zach going. I want to do it, and Scott Ackerman going. Um, I can make that happen like tomorrow, right? And it goes online. And next right. thing you know, he's interviewing Barack Obama. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that was an unattainable goal when I started this business. That was unattainable. Yeah, you're right. You, to say I want to one time interview the interview president, the president. 
You're right. A comic saying that, you'd laugh them out of the room. Now, Mark Maron and Zach Galifianakis right. have just both done it. Rogan just had Lance fucking Armstrong on. So true. I mean, look at where the possibilities we are standing in. We You're are standing right. in a pool of possibility. And and so I look at your five-year, ten-year goal as going, well, hold on. Your ten-year goal should happen tomorrow. Yeah. You should have your own production company tomorrow. You should be making your own product. And putting it out there. These periscopes should be all the periscopes saved. periscopes should be shows. Yeah, all yeah, your yeah periscope- for sure. Let me for tell you sure. right now. All your periscopes should be shot like this. Yeah. Okay? And they should be saved and put on a YouTube channel. And you should be creating a massive wealth of YouTube followers. Because you're doing these daily. And that is what daily vlogs are. Yeah, you're is, right. Is I'll walk you out front. I know you got to leave. But... I'm telling you when I say, when I look at someone like you and Sturger, and uh, I mean, I say Red Band, but he's in the same place of like putting he's out like daily content. He's like a genius with b- building his own content. It's crazy. Do you know his new, uh, his new podcast? Is I just top I, 10 on all, iTunes already? I just subscribed, rated, and reviewed Brian's new podcast called What Brian Do? Yeah. What would Brian? What, what Red Band do? I think what Red is. Band do? Same. Check out what, what Red Band do. Rate, review, and subscribe it. Um, I don't know what I don't know the premise of it. I, I haven't listened to it yet, other than the intro to one, and I got caught off doing something else. I know that he told me the only thing that I really know about it is uh, he told me that like he's trying to lose I forget how much weight he said in the first three months sixty pounds or something yeah. like that. So part of it is like he's doing a daily vlog with like a Fitbit and different workout routine, but then he's also gonna have different like kind of lifestyle people on, and I I don't I, know, did, I don't know the details. I started my daily vlog. Not daily. My, I, have a do, I do a bi-weekly vlog. I started it in November. And at the very end of November, I said, I'm going to lose, see how much weight I can lose. And I lost 20 pounds in a nice. month. Nice. And it was- In a then, month? In a month. I had lost 20, <laughs> by the way. crazy. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. Holy I just cow. didn't drink for a week. Are um, you serious? Yeah. Well, my body's- <laughs> My body's 20 like, pounds of alcohol. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can- This will be the- I'll do the tail end of the vlog or the podcast for my vlog. You like this is, uh, but I believe fully uh, there. That's a beautiful shot. I do believe wholeheartedly that all your goals can be achieved tomorrow. Tomorrow. You should, I'll talk to you after this is done. Yeah. I'll vlog a second, but I'll talk (laughs) to you for real when this is all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What do you, where where can everyone find you? What do you have to promote? Oh, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kate Q Funny. Um, I'm hosting the AVN Awards in Vegas, January 23rd. Yeah. So if you're in Vegas, you can come and uh, I'm at the Vegas Laugh Factory also. Hey guys, you want to go to Vegas? (laughs) (laughs) I could fucking I'll be with all the porn stars. It's going to be amazing. I'm really excited. It's going to be a fucking blast. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's well, gonna uh, be cool. well, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you thank- for having me. I had a great time. And and uh, we got to do the Hollywood pool party anymore. Do you guys do it? Still I know. Do that? Well, we filmed 10 episodes of it for uh, Sideshow Network and they just haven't put them up yet, but we still are going to do it on Periscope. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.